Now, Tuesday's Valentine's Day, and um, we're going through this series about how to um, identify a man of God, how to identify a man of God. Uh, let's go quickly to the scriptures, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And by God's grace, this will really help you to either, uh, or like me, trying to be a better man of God, a man who belongs to God, or if you're raising a son or, a, or you're an aunt or an uncle to a, a male or you're a godparent to a male, that you will make sure that you add value and contribute to that uh, that child becoming a man of God, or if, if you are looking uh, for a, uh, a a male spouse, a husband, that you will identify, uh, you know, the identifying uh, signs that this 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 series will help you to vet the person that you're allowing into your heart. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, there needs to be a vetting process. Amen. Amen. You keep yourself, you keep yourself out of a lot of trouble and a lot of heartache. First, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God spoke. This is the message Bible. God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. Verse 27, and God created human beings. He created them to be godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. And he said these words, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Take charge. Be responsible for every living thing that moves on the earth. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Amplified Version says this. Now may the God of peace himself separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, set you apart for his purpose, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, during this month of February, we're talking about what what does a man of God look like? And we last week we talked about the derivation of God, that is the origin of God, or origin of man rather. We're going through uh, this book. It is called um, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. And 
It's a wonderful book because it helps you understand the Bible, but it also has doctrine in it. And we're going through the doctrine of man, the doctrine of man. The word doctrine or doctor simply means teacher. Are you following me so far? And, and therefore, uh, in this book, it describes four qualities of the doctrine of man. And so we said uh, last week we went over the derivation of man, that is the origin of man. Uh, today we're going over the distinctiveness of man, what makes man different. Uh, next week we'll go over the nature of man or the description of man. And then finally the destiny of man. So the title of my message is I'm a soul man, part two. I'm a soul man, part two. Could you tell a person next to you, I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. You, you are not who you are on the outside. Amen. You are who you are on the inside. The, as I said last week, and, and now I'm trying to write this down every day just to remind myself, uh, the opening question at the, at the Westminster Catechism, July 2nd, 1648, uh, the question was, what is the chief end or what is the primary purpose of man? And the answer was, man's primary purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I want to remind you, I used to read that and I would interpret the last part, which gets me in trouble. I would read it this way. My purpose in life is to glorify God and to enjoy life forever. No, it is to enjoy God forever because you can enjoy God even if life ain't going all that well. And therefore, when you enjoy God, you're not, you know, your life is not going up and down, up and down because life goes up and down. Praise God, especially if last Sunday you were Atlanta Hawks fan, Atlanta Falcon fan, you know, life can go up and down, up and down. Um, that just had needed to slip that in there, praise the Lord. Yeah, that wasn't even godly. <laughs> ah, couldn't help myself. I need to be saved again. <laughs> but our main purpose is to enjoy God. And as long as I remind myself about that, when and then life Difficulties come, relationships breaking up, uh, uh, financial issues, physical issues. I can plug into enjoying God because Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says the joy of the Lord is our what? That's our strength. Praise the Lord. Now, um, the Bible says that we are made in God's image. This is very important for you to understand. You are made in God's image, which means not only are you made in the likeness of God, but you are made to imitate God. You are made to imitate God. Now, first of all, what does it mean to be made in God's image? God is a trinity. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we believe in the triune God, the three in one. He's not three separate gods. He's three separate personalities. And you find this. Where is this in the Bible? Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. uh, Jesus is being baptized. If you remember, John is baptizing Jesus. So there's Jesus there. Are you with me? And then a voice comes from heaven that says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So there's God the Father. And then 
a dove in the form, the uh, Holy Spirit in the form of a dove comes down upon Jesus. And so you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all there in Jesus' um, coming out, which, well, Jesus' coming out party. So we believe in the triune God. And the good news is that you also are a trinity. You and I also are a trinity. You are a trinity. You are, Paul says it, you are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. Very important. You are spirit, you are soul, you are body. Say that with me. I am spirit, I am soul, and I am body. Now, this is very important because you're, 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 and this is, if you can get this in your spirit, life will change for you. Because our spirit man is our God consciousness. It is a part of us that is aware of God and the things of God. This is powerful. Believe it or not, your spirit man is the place where vision is. Your spirit man is the, is the place that, where you see things that are unseen. You liked that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were opening up Disneyland, Disneyland, California, they were cutting the ribbon, and Disney, Walt Disney, passed away before Disneyland was completed. So somebody turned to Miss Disney and said, you know what, too bad Walt did not live to see this. And Miss Disney, Mrs. Disney turned to the man and said, no, it's because Walt saw this. That's why it's here. Say this with, say this with me. I cannot go where I have not been. In other words, whatever you see, someone's been there before. In other words, stand up, Walter. Someone saw this suit before it was made. Thank you. We call it imagination. That's your spirit, man. That's the part of you that God downloads things into you. And you say, this doesn't make sense, but you it's more real to you than what you see. Watch this. It's, it, that's where your faith resides. So many times what happens, that's, now notice, I said your spirit man is your God consciousness. Your soul is your self-consciousness. It is, and there's three parts. It is your mind, how you think. It's your emotions, how you feel. And it's your will, what you decide to do. And your, and your soul, that's your attitude. Someone said it this way. If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. So you, you, you got to understand that your, your spirit man, 
will see, God will download things into your spirit man, faith, and your natural man, that is your soul, is saying, this doesn't make sense. And now there's this battle. Well, your spirit man, God downloads into your spirit man, uh, um, I want you to leave your job and go to school at 50 years old. And your mind is saying, this doesn't make sense. Your mind is saying, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? But your spirit man has, has something, information that has been downloaded into your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And you say, it doesn't make sense, but I believe. So your soul is your self-consciousness. You can have two twins here, but they, you can have twins here, identical, look exactly alike, but they have different souls. They think differently, they feel differently, and they make different decisions. Okay, how much you dress them alike? And then your body is your world consciousness, or your, it makes you conscious of your environment. And we know it's your, in your, in your body, there is sight, there is taste, there's touch, there's smell, there's feel. Oh, I meant, and hearing, and hearing. I said touch and feel, that's the same. You weren't paying attention, were you? (laughs) Now that's very important because we said last week, the signs of a spiritual man, and we we're looking, again, we want to encourage you as men, especially to get the book, uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent uh, Hughes, powerful, good, talks about 16 disciplines a man of God ought to have. And, and, it, and we took three of the disciplines of a man of God, meaning the thing that's going to feed his self-conscious, his, his, Spirit consciousness is God consciousness is that a man of God is a worshiper. God is looking for worshipers. A man of God is also a man of the word. He is in the Bible. He's in the Bible, the word of God. The Bible says uh, in Psalm 119 verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart. I store your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not miss what you have for me. There's another scripture, Psalm 138 verse 2, make sure I have the right scripture. Uh, It says, yes, Psalm 138 verse 2, the writer says, I have magnified your word. You have magnified your word above your name. You put your word above your name. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will not pass away. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, God says, I will hurry up and back up my word. Get the word of God in you, man of God. If you're a man of God, man who belongs to God, I belong to you. Get his words in your heart. And then a man of God is a man who watches. Uh, Mark chapter 14 verse 38, I believe it is. It says, watch you, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Also, I like, and I know it doesn't mean genderized, but I, I, I always take it as a gender where Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, he says, men are always to pray and not faint. Men need to pray. Men need to pray. Uh, we, at the marriage retreat, we discovered that that um, most couples don't pray together at all. 
Christian couples, Christians couples, now, men, your wives ought to hear you praying for them. Your children ought to hear. There's something about that voice blessing your children, blessing your wife. It will make a difference. You must pray. Everybody with me so far? When I when I talk to couples who are dating, I said the first thing you need to do is stop praying together, praying together, praying together. Not 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 in a you know a private apartment praying together, amen. Because the praying can turn from this to this, and we for real up in here. We for real up in here. I. I, I I remember, I'll talk about ourselves. I remember me and my wife, we were having a prayer day and we were beating, we were, we were kneeling at the couch, kneeling at, in my parents' house, kneeling at the couch. And I don't know, somehow we turned from vertical to horizontal. Is that, if, if you wanted to come to church and hear Mary had a little lamb, you need to go somewhere else. I am for real. And the Lord was so good because I'm looking into her eyes. She's looking into my eyes. I have my arms around her waist. Uh, And next thing you know, the phone rings. And it was like it was like an alarm went off. And she pushed me off the couch. I fell on the floor. And we looked at each other. I'm like, whoa, that was a close one. Thank you, Jesus. My spirit man was saying, thank you, Jesus. My flesh was saying, oh, shucks. Can we be for real? That was 36 years ago, and I still remember. My God, my God. (laughs) First time guest saying, did I come to the right church? (laughs) Now, here's here's, here's the thing that's, 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 um, this is the thing that I think the philosophy of, of the way we look at things can really hurt us and that is uh, I don't want to confuse you but in this book 30 days to understand in the Bible um, it does what most people do and that is most people put the soul and the spirit together so in other words instead of saying man is body soul and spirit They'll say, they'll mix soul and spirit together, and then they'll say body. So uh, you'll hear things like, well, back in the 60s, I got soul power. Now people will say, now the term is spirituality. But it's your soul and your spirit mixed together. And that is a deceiving teaching because what happens is that it makes you think that your self-consciousness is also your God consciousness this is deep so what happens is that as long as it's okay with you it's okay and see the frightening thing is is that we can all rationalize and justify any action. How many of you 
Okay, I'm look, just looking at the clock. So that way you don't. How many of you um, something something frustrating happened to you? Maybe on the way to work, some frustrate some frustrating situation came. Maybe you got a bill you didn't expect, and you justified being in a bad mood. You chopped some, some you, 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 you barked at somebody and you said to yourself, no, they're just going to have to understand because. Amen. Rest of you need to repent because I know you, we, we've all done this. You have a bad cold. <laughs> so you justified snapping at somebody. It's quiet in here. We can justify anything in the way we think. But um, Max Anders in his book, uh, 30 Days to Understand the Bible, he says this, man poses, oh, sorry, man poses, man possesses an intellect, that is a mind, man possesses emotion, and man possesses will, that is a choice. Man has the capacity for self-awareness. He has a capacity for awareness of God. He has a capacity for awareness of the afterlife. He has the ability to envision life in the future under different scenarios, including heaven and hell. Thus, man has the capacity that no animals have. Amen. Amen. The others book. You want it? This is a nice church. They just give out prizes. Now, let me let me close with this. And this is why we need the word of God. Can I have my friends come up here? This is this is uh yes, brother and sister. Okay, you all look so cute. You're getting tall too. Okay, so so this is this is the spirit. Do you guys like each other? Okay, good. I have to ask the question first. Could you hug each other? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. Stay hugged. Okay. Now, 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 this, she's the spirit, and he's the soul. This is heavy now. Who do you think is stronger? Your soul. Your soul. Your soul. Your soul. Oh, yes. Your soul. Because if your spirit man was stronger, you wouldn't end up in some of the relationships you ended up in. Your soul is the stronger you. And so what happens many times, your soul will drag your spirit in the wrong direction all the time. Because, watch this, your soul operates through explanation. Your spirit operates through revelation. Man, this is a bad, God, you, you're the Holy Ghost, you're a bad mama jama. So, that's why you need the word of God, because... 
because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 12, sorry, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and powerful. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God piercing even to the dividing asunder. The word of God divides. Let go. Soul and spirit. So that now your spirit man is free to hear from God instead of being a slave to how your mind thinks. Because your mind will justify anything. Your heart will justify anything. He's taken all your money. Well, you know, life has been hard for him. Mm. And the word of God says a whole lot about a guy like that. And so the word of God can divide soul and spirit. So now your spirit is free to instruct your soul regarding what God has to say. That's why the Bible says, thank you very much. You can, you know, you know it always pays to be up here. So let me close with this because I need to move quickly. So what are the signs of a man of God? What are the other signs of a man of God? In his book, uh, 16 Disciplines of a, uh, of a Man of God, he writes that one of the disciplines of the man of God under is, is the mind. Discipline your mind. Discipline what you watch. Come on, man. We know we're visual. Discipline what we watch. Second thing of a man of God is a man of God is a man of integrity. A man of character. Oh, my. And then finally, a man of God is a man who knows how to control his tongue. Why is that so important? Because how did God create heaven and earth? He created things with his his words, his tongue. Are you with me? And therefore, if we are made in the image of God, we have creative powers through our mouths also. You are the sum nation of either words you spoke or words that were spoken over you. Your whole degrees, some of you who have you know, uh, masters and doctorates, that degree was based on what somebody spoke to you. That's why education is so important. That's why books are so important. Words. Mm. So let me close with this. Uh, the word integrity is a powerful word. We're talking about we're looking for a man of character. What kind of character? Matthew, not Matthew, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, generosity, these are the things that God wants to see in a man of God. And oh, that'll be tested. Are you selfish? Mm, are you selfish? 
I said that many times, and, and my, the word came back to bite me. As you know, I have three wonderful women in my house. Uh, that is uh, a, a wife and two daughters. So just in case somebody was like, what kind of church is this? <laughs> Wife and two adult daughters. And, you know, sometimes I'm coming in ready to watch the ball game and what's on the Hallmark Channel. And if you don't know what the Hallmark Channel is, brothers, that's because you don't have any women in your house. The Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. And I want to grab the remote because I'm the man of the house, but I just sit there and I just watch. No. I just watch. Because I want to exhibit the fruit of the the spirit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of your heart flows the issues of your life. That word issues is an interesting word. It's a Hebrew word, which means uh, the extremities of one's borders. In other words, out of your heart, your heart will determine what will limit you. And what will not limit you? Your issues. Out of it flows the issues of life. The word integrity is an interesting word. Does anybody know what an integer is? Peter. Okay, an integer is a whole number. So integrity means I am a whole person. Watch this. In other words, I don't act one way in the church. Act one way on the job. Act another way with my boys. Act another way at home. It was quiet here. I am a man of integrity, meaning the same Brian you see in church is the same one at home, is the same one in the basketball court. It's amazing how that will be challenged on the basketball court. Woo! I mean, I'm talking about being in a Christian league. Christian league, and all of a sudden, boom, get the blank. And that same person is like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, in church. Oh, no, that's not a person of integrity. Woo, Jesus, have mercy. Mm. (laughs) This word issues is a Latin word, meaning guard your heart with all the diligence because out of your heart flows that which will become public. And that's why, next picture, that's why this guy did not get into the Hall of Fame. For some of you who don't know who he is, his name is Terrell Eldorado Owens. He is statistically the third most productive receiver in history and they will not let him into the hall of fame because of his character no matter how smart you are no matter how gifted you are there are some places God will not let you go into until you deal with character issues and then the tone oh my lord Help me, Jesus. The time we were at marriage retreat, and I had to pray about my tongue. Oh, God, help me with my tongue. Help me with tongue. 
Proverbs. Everybody track with me so far? This, this is the last point, and then we're going to let the Sunday school students uh, go. As a matter of fact, we'll let this, well, let me just do this quickly. Uh, let the Sunday school students go. Proverbs 13, verse 3, it says, Those who control their tongues will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Amen. Have you, got a, have you ever got a beaten because you opened your mouth? I know some of you all don't. I know some of you all were raised in timeout houses. I, amen. How many of you were raised in a house where you get a whipping? No, no, not a whipping, a whooping. A, a whooping. Amen. A, well, amen. A ouch. Okay. And it's, <laughs> some of you came from households. I know down on self, you know, choose your weapon. <laughs> Go out there and choose the branch. <laughs> now let's, let's pause right here. We're going to let the Sunday school students and the teachers go um, right now. I want to make sure that we release you because. Yes, those who control their tongue will live a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in the tongue will break your spirit. Perverseness in the tongue will not, will break a spirit. If I keep saying to my wife, you're ugly, I hate you, you're a jerk, it will break her spirit. It'll break her soul, meaning. It'll break how she thinks about herself. It'll break how she feels about herself. What are you saying to your children? What are you saying to your, to those you supervise? What are you saying to your workmates, to your classmates? You can either build their spirit or break their spirit. Can you say this with me, Lord? I want to be a spirit builder. I want, I want to be in, you don't have to say it, I want to be an encourager. That's why prophecy is so important. Because one of the things that prophecy does is that prophecy should encourage. The gift of prophecy should encourage. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 and 4. No, prophecy brings edification. So if you're in a church where the person stands up and says, y'all are going to hell. You're a bunch of heathens. God's not pleased. You know, you need to sit them down. It's quiet in here. Because prophecy should encourage to build up. Uh, this really struck me. Proverbs 18, verse 20, 21, and 22. You ready for this? Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Have you believe this? Then the next verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Are you following me so far? 
Then the next verse, the man who finds a wife finds treasure and receives favor from the Lord. It's almost like it's saying, if you can control your words, you're going to get a good woman. The opposite is true too. Women, if you can control your words, you're going to get a good man. I would think that would be good news. <laughs> control your mouth, get a good man. That's a song. I'm going to make up a song. Control your mouth, get a good man. Control your mouth, get a good man. <laughs> Singing that next Sunday. Where's that song come from? <laughs> Control your mouth. Control your mouth. Because Proverbs says, a woman who's always complaining, the man wants to live on a rooftop. Am I right about it? That's just, no one wants to be hearing anybody whining. Come on, you have people in your family that... When they're coming over, you're like, you know, I got to go to Walgreens. I thought you went to Walgreens just to get some, you know, mints. <laughs> what took you so long? Two hours to get mints? Bottom line, you're on their cell phone. Did they leave yet? Did they leave yet? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, folks. There's some voices you hear in the office and you're like, you know what? I need to get a cup of coffee. Come on, get, come on, folks. This is for real, for real. And you just because folks can't control your, their mouths. Control your mouth. Control your mouth. Control your tongue. Control your tongue. Because your tongue is lethal. The reason why your tongue is lethal is because you're made in the image of God. I love Africans. And I love Asians. Because when they give children names, those names mean something because they want the child to always to hear words that will define their destiny. I mean, no, an African will name their child and it is the blessed child who was born at three o'clock on a Tuesday and will be rich. <laughs> Asians the same way, but Americans, we're like, oh, I like window and I like speaker. I'm going to name my child speak window. Speak window kana. What does it mean? I don't know. I just love the sound. Child walks around with a meanest, meaningless name. Some of you are like, wow. My child's 20 years old now. There's nothing I can do about it, James. Just... Laughter is good for the soul. <laughs> Final scripture. And then we'll pray. James chapter 3 talks about the tongue. And he says, James chapter 3 verse 2, For all stumble in many things, 
if anyone does not stumble in world, he is a perfect man and able to bridle his own body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that we that the horse may obey us, and we turn the whole body with the bit in the horse's mouth. Look at ships. They're controlled by a rudder. But verse 5 says, even the tongue, it is a small member, but it boasts great things. See how great a forest is set on fire by a little fire. A little match. See how a forest is set on fire by a little match. See how a great world, big world can be set on fire by a little tweet. Um, the tongue. <laughs> just want to see if you all are awake. 150 characters can get us into World War. Th- you better pray. <laughs> you better pray. Lord have mercy. Jesus have mercy. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Isn't it amazing how when you were a child and you talk back to your mother or parent, anybody ever talk back to your parents? Okay, and of course, obviously you live to tell the story. But I could imagine, could you imagine if your body parts could talk? Think about that. Your mouth says something, but your behind gets what? And I can see your behind saying, no, don't say that. <laughs> Why doesn't the mouth get slapped? Although some have, some, can I get, amen? Anybody get, you said something and your mouth got slapped? Come, come folks, I'm trying to make it worth your coming out in this cold weather. Anybody get, get their mouth slapped by a parent? I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. She ain't here, so I'll talk about her. I ain't afraid of my mother. She's not here. <laughs> but I remember saying something. I told the shit to her before. I, I said something. I was like, you know, I, I didn't even say anything to Celinda. Any of you all? I, didn't, I know. I, 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 no, I didn't even look. I sucked my teeth. <laughs> See, some of you still got chills. Now, for those of you who don't know what sucking the teeth is, because you're not from that culture, I went, so my mother said to me, I want you to do something. I'm like, please. I, like, I, I sucked my teeth. And, and, and as I, I shared this before, she went matrix on me. Before, no, like before I could move my mouth, I was like, no. She went, and I was like, Your mouth can get you in trouble. Your mouth can get your whole body fired. <laughs> your hands are like, we were doing well on the, on the computer. Why, why, why do we have to leave? <laughs> your mouth has gotten you in trouble. Because the mouth is set on fire from hell. That's 